someplace there's got to be a place where people are free to discuss what they know and what they don't know and to find out what they can. Radioactive Waves is presented by the National Museum of Nuclear Science and History. Together, we will explore all things atomic, nuclear, and radioactive, along with some interesting surprises from our museum's collections and connections. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna Part, and today I'm here with my co-host... David Gibson. Today, we're doing part three of our interview series with Hal Bell, uh, the magical man that has procured the museum so many of our really important artifacts. Today, we're going to be learning a bit more about how he made those connections. I think that we're going to be talking about NASA and Star Wars a little bit. Star Wars, the uh, the yes, government... The- program right not right the, not the movies but the movie actual series. government um. program yes yeah how <laughs> how was um a, a good part of that but before we get into that we need to thank our atomic history patron members thank you so much for supporting our organization we would not be here without you and um thank you so much for all the work you do and thank you to Hal for having me into uh, his home and, uh, you know, spending some time with me and telling me all these wonderful stories. Uh, let's hear a little bit more about uh, the previous experiences of Hal Bell. When we were here earlier, when we were chatting and things like that, uh, you were telling me some really cool stuff of like how you got these connections with all these people, uh, with Boeing and, and NASA and all those kind of things. Would you mind kind of maybe retelling some of those uh, stories. Maybe, um, I know you were saying about the Star Wars project and the laser program. Um, how did you get involved with that? How did you get out, you know, to New Mexico? When I was working at, when I was working at Douglas, I, uh, the last job I had there was on a program that I had worked on all through design, development, uh, actually launching uh, things uh, called the Nike Zeus program, which was a very, very advanced um, anti-ballistic missile, maybe 55 feet long, three stages, total weight probably 25,000 pounds, solid propellant, three solid propellant motors in it. Uh, and I'd worked on, you know, doing, doing different things. And um, it, it was an army missile. So I, I, I a, for a while, I was the propulsion guy. I was the rocket motor guy. Uh, and uh, so I was working very closely with the Army Missile Command, with the... Uh, uh, rocket motor people with uh, uh, the launch sites, the test sites, uh, Nike Zeus, we had three uh, development test sites, White Sands, Point Magoo, California, and um, uh, Kwajalein in the Marshall Islands. Uh, White Sands did the flight testing for only, um, uh, let's see how it is. 
for only the first stage, actually. We put the other stages on, but dummies, okay. and so, such as you were testing and developing the launcher and the, and, and the operation of the first stage, which turned out to be, to be the highest thrust rocket motor ever built at the time, yeah. and the highest uh, energy rocket uh, pr propellants. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Point Magoo, where I was, we did all three stages, and um, we just shot out over the ocean. Yeah. Kwajalein had a complete missile setup, and uh, they would test against uh, any of the testing that was done at Vandenberg Air Force okay. Base, shooting out over the Pacific. And it was a really neat thing, but there was an awful lot of people involved. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of organizations involved. Uh, and as the propulsion guy, because we were doing so many things nobody had ever done, uh, first composite uh, rocket nozzles, uh, first composite wings, yeah, uh, all, all this stuff, first spherical rocket motor, uh, I worked with the uh, with the military guys, and uh, of course as. I went on, they went on in civil service. If you're there long enough, you get promoted right. <laughs> and all that stuff. And so um, got to the point where I, I, was, I was very, very much involved with the, um, one of the uh, Huntsville Army Missile Command guys on propulsion. Uh, He's a neat guy. He likes sports cars and things. Yeah. Drove a Lotus and you know, <laughs> civil service driving yeah, a yeah, Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, and uh, he went on, and um, the people working for him were in and out of my place. Won't mention any names because right. they still may be working there. But sure. uh, anyways, um, I. Uh, Later on, after I was working with the museum, I noticed that we had regular progression, really nice progressions, like delivering a nuclear weapon for the army. How, how does the army get a nuclear weapon to, 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 to the enemy? Well, yeah. uh, first they had the cannons, mm -hmm. and we have a cannon, mm -hmm. one of only two. Yeah. Uh, we had, then then came the corporal missiles. We've got one of those, but we haven't put it back to, to, together yet. Uh, the Redstone missile. Mm -hmm. We got one in the parking lot. Uh, the Honest John rocket. We got two of them. Uh, the Pershing, which the United States and Russia ended up. It was a mid-range, short-range okay. battlefield weapon. Uh, the United States and Russia got to the, uh, under uh, Reagan, uh, signed a uh, treaty that said all of them would be destroyed except for two on each side. Uh, and the two would be, one would be transferred to each country so that each oh, country okay. would have one of, one each, of each for museums. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, the United States, I think, I'm not sure where where our Pershing is, I think it's probably at the Air Force Museum yeah. in Dayton. 
I, I saw the U.S. Pershing in the Russian Military Museum in Moscow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I actually saw that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, that's cool. And uh, so, let's see. Anyways, going on down this progression, we finally got to the point where we needed a lance, which was a ground-to-ground missile, okay. which was very unique. It had two rocket motors, a booster and a sustainer, but one was inside the other. You fired the one, if you go back and go back and look and at it, it and you'll yeah. see in the nozzle, there's another nozzle inside. Okay. Uh, I hadn't, yeah. Anyways, I'll have to so, check it out uh, now, yeah. Anyways, I wanted a lance. <laughs> and I called up the Army Missile Command. This was years after I had not been working with them. Yeah. And said, I'd like to talk to somebody there. And the pompous secretary said, uh, who would you like to talk to? And I said, I'm not right. I'm not quite sure. Uh, who have you got there? Who's in charge? She says, well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> who do you want to talk right, to? Right, right, right. I said, well, I want to talk to somebody that has authority around there. I said, who's, who's in charge of the whole thing? Who's the top civilian yeah. you got? And she mentioned this name. I said, oh, that's the kid that came to Douglas when we were first starting to build these things <laughs> to be the plant representative. Yeah. I said, tell him Hal Bell's on the phone. And she said, I can't do that. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'll stay here. You just stay quietly. I'll stay quiet. <laughs> you just say that. And if, if he doesn't want to talk to me, I'll, I'll, That's I'll fine. go away. Yeah. And she came back a few seconds later. He's on the phone right now. <laughs> uh, and um, so with, with, uh, after I explained what I wanted, he said, gee, I don't know what we can do. Uh, well, let me find out. Let me look around. So we talked about a week later, and they said, there aren't any that I know I can get for you, but there is a missile school at White Sands in New Mexico where they teach the mechanics how to work on these. And he said, maybe there's enough parts there that they can put one together for you. Yeah. So... He gave me the name of somebody there, and he also called him, and we got to be, I went back and forth a couple of times, and yeah, he says, I think we got enough, and he actually put one together. So the, the one that we've got, I'm 90% sure, doesn't have a serial number that matches, or the, if it does, it doesn't match any of the rest of the parts. <laughs> it probably is something that doesn't exist. Like the Johnny Cash song about the car that was the 59, 60, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, they put it together, and he called me. He said, okay, come pick it up. And I said, well, gee, I want a launcher, too, because, you know, if I didn't have a launch, we didn't have a launcher, we'd have to build a concrete and steel thing to put it up with, and that would cost us a lot of money, and it cost us to bring it back. And I knew that they had two different kinds of launches. One was on a sort of a, a tank body with tractor, tractor treads. Yeah. And boy, that, that was really great looking. Oh, that's what I really wanted. <laughs> and, and the other one was a two-wheel thing that you, you could tow behind a truck, but also could, uh, you could handle with a helicopter and okay. take to places. Yeah. So, no, we can't. We haven't got any of the tank ones. <laughs> but I think we got one of the... Um, uh, 
helicopterable ones yeah. available. Let me look. Okay, came back to me. Yeah, you can have that too. Oh, when are you cool. going to pick it up? And I said, gee, I don't know how we can pick it up now. i got to find somebody with a truck and, and all that. And he said, oh, the hell with it. He said, I'll borrow an army truck and drive it up I-25 <laughs> for you guys. So here's the second missile, missile that we've had up. hauling up the highway, yeah. towed behind a truck. Oh, that's awesome. And nobody took pictures of it. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, there's, I, I you know, if, in the days of cell phones, if that were happening yeah. now, you know, there'd be a... They'd be all over the internet, but you know, they'd be before. all over the front page of the paper. <laughs> oh, that's where neat. is the army bringing this? Yeah, thing? yeah, where is this thing headed? Oh, yeah. that's neat. Yeah, so, anyways, and other things we've got, uh, like uh, we decided uh, that when originally it was, this was known as the bomb museum, okay, that's in Albuquerque, it wasn't the atomic museum, it was the bomb museum, right? Uh, because it, that's where it happened. Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of us that thought, no, this is no good. There's too many things going on uh, in the nuclear field. That let, Let's see if we can show it. So I got this, I got this bright idea. I said, let's have an exhibit on nuclear medicine. Yeah. Now, I didn't know what nuclear medicine even was. <laughs> I just knew the words. Right. That it... So... Uh, Somebody said, uh, well, what you all really ought to do is uh, talk to some of the nuclear medicine people in town. And I got to talk to Mike Hartshorn, who was the head of nuclear uh, medical imaging at the VA, and was also on our board after his sweet talk to him and being on board. <laughs> um, and uh, Mike's terrific. Um, so he uh, said, yeah. You definitely should have. And he says, and by the way, Hal, he says, you don't know beans about nuclear medicine. <laughs> he says, uh, I'm going to uh, put you through an internship. Oh, cool. He's been here at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. So 6 o'clock tomorrow morning, I was there, and we went through preparing the stuff, uh, applying them, uh, analyzing them, and really? right down the line. Yeah. Got all through at the end of the day, and I said, well... And he said, well, be here at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. We're going to do it all over again. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So that's what we did. Yeah. And then, I guess it was Mike, I'm not sure who, suggested what you really want to do is get involved with the um, uh, Society of Nuclear Medicine. They have these big conventions with all the companies and all the things in there every year. Yeah. Okay, how do I do that? Well, they gave me a couple of names, and I called them and talked to them. And, uh, can we have a, a booth in your um, show yeah. for free? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we did. Right. And a lot of what we did is, uh, I went to all of them. Jim Walther came one time, and uh, Harry Kenny, who was mayor, uh, came with me one time, yeah. and, and uh, other people. And we talked to loads and loads of Medical, medical nuclear people yeah and told them what we wanted to do and also we needed money and we we're going to build new right. uh, a new museum and all that which didn't do any good at all <laughs> but um, uh, one of the guys well two things uh, um, 
I was able to talk to the uh, Pico people who made the big gamma cameras. Okay. And we sweet talked them into giving us one. <laughs> and they came and delivered it and all the rest of it. Um, and uh, uh, so, so now you're getting nuclear medicine things in there. Yeah, yeah. now we're getting a nuclear medicine stuff. Yeah. And then we uh, talking to. Uh, somebody there and they said you know you ought to go talk to dr glenn seaborg who's dr glenn seaborg well dr seaborg is let me go through the man who discovered plutonium and he patented it yeah and the man who uh, discovered most of the Isotopes used in nuclear medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, who was the science advisor to eleven different presidents and knew them by their first names? Uh, who won a Nobel Prize in chemistry? <laughs> who was the chancellor of the University of California and the first head of the Atomic Energy Commission? Yeah, he's call him up. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Yeah. I'm not just I'm not just just call him up. Yeah, call him up. Yeah, give him a call. <laughs> no, I got you. Okay. No, yes, call him up. Okay. Uh, he had his offices at the University of California at Berkeley. And my wife was teaching her quick sketching class about six times a year in the Bay Area for the University of California. Yeah. So I called him up one day <laughs> and yeah, got him on the phone. And I explained what I wanted to do, nuclear medicine exhibit and, and all that. And can I come and talk to him? Sure. When are you coming out? I told him about two weeks. I thought, next thing I know, his secretary called up and sent me car passes and all that stuff. Went in there and we talked and definitely that's what you should be doing, the exhibit. I said, well, we got to put together a storyline and all that. He said, I'll help you with that. Yeah. And uh, it was nice. And, <laughs> and you know, and can I come back uh, next time I'm here? Sure. Yeah. So every time she taught, I stopped in there. That's wonderful. And uh, it got to be uh, Glenn and Al. Yeah. And that uh, is neat. Uh, it was like uh, our uh, Einstein Society. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, "Let's call the different branches of it scientists." Okay, let's give Seaborg. I called. Called and I said, we'd like to use your name for the lowest price one with the most people. Right. Is it okay? And he sent us a nice letter. And, oh, that's neat. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That was a letter signed, Glenn, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's in the archives. Yeah. Uh, the other thing was neat that he kept surprising me. I came in there one time and he said, um, do you have any of my books in your library? Gee, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was honest about it. I, right, said, yeah. I said, I don't really know. I never looked. Yeah. He said, well, you ought to have some. And he called the secretary and he said, give me a copy of this, 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 and that. And she brought them in and he signed them all Yeah. and handed it to me. And I said, uh, I want you to know something. If I'm going to be the messenger boy on this, 
I says, it, it'll be a while before you hear from the museum because I'm going to take them home and I want to go through them. Yeah. He said, oh, would you like a set too? Oh, cool. They call the secretary in and sign them. Right here behind me. Wow. Um, yeah. That's cool. So I got that. Then another time I came in and was, he's sitting there at his desk and he said, would you like to have, would the museum like to have the electroscope, which is a thing that measures radioactivity, uh, that we used uh, for doing most of the uh, medical isotopes? So I said, sure. Yeah. So it's here. Wow. It's in the museum. And that, yeah, that's in the museum yeah. now. Yeah. So um, that's how we got a lot of this. Stuff. Wow. So not only the missiles, but now the yeah, the... And, and that and he was also the first one of our honorees mm -hmm. for the uh, award of nuclear science. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and also he was the first living person in the world to have an element named after him, Seaborgium. Oh, really? Yeah. And we saved it to try to sell after he died to try to sell it to his family. Yeah. And we finally, after about three or four years, finally convinced them to buy it. To buy so it. they came up with five thousand oh, dollars and, cool. and, and bought Seaborgium. And then they've got Seaborgium. That's yeah. neat. Yeah. Huh. See, that's yeah, part of the history of the museum. That's part now. of the history yeah. of the museum. That is cool. That is cool. So that's all the medical stuff in addition to the, the missiles and things. Yeah, well like we that. got a lot of other medical stuff that that I picked up at the at the exhibits and the, at the um, nuclear uh, uh, medicine exhibits, mm -hmm. like there's a right next to the um, to Seaborg's uh, electroscope, there's a rubber lead-lined glove okay. that they used for surgery and stuff. Well, I, I was walking past through the exhibit area, and here's this company that made them, and they had a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I said, "Hey, I'd like to have one for the museum." Sure. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And um, there's the big um, uh, uh, plate, it's a grid plate that goes into the um, um, gamma cameras, right. a scintillation mm -hmm. plate. Well, there's this outfit that made them. So I got to talking to them and said, you know, what, what Picker's given us this camera, it's just a shell. Right. Yeah. They've given us this camera. Be awfully nice to have one of your plates near there. He says, well, let me look and find out what kind they have. Like, and I probably still have some of the letters. Uh, he says, yeah, I know what size they are, but we don't have any around. Let's see if we can make one for you. Really? And they made it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And they made it. And made so that's how they say it, too. That is cool. Yeah. That's how we have the matching one, because they made it for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also... General uh, General Electric, mm -hmm. uh, they <clears throat> they're pretty good in making reactors, uh, and uh, I wanted a fuel element, <laughs> so I got to talking to General Electric representative of Southwest and and eventually through there, and. Uh, I said, we really want to have something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably so. And, uh, well, we'll make a short one, the kind they use for uh, for training. Yeah, yeah. So we've got that, too. That's awesome. 
but they, they were made for it. Yeah. Made just for our museum. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Floating around. Oh, that's neat. I guess just the, the, uh, the you know, being willing to... I was in the copy. I have the title, Chief Scrounger. Yes, yeah, that's neat. Well, I mean, the museum owes yes, a lot to Yes, Jim, Jim, who the Chief Scrounger is, <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, that's neat. That is but, neat. But, you know, this is the old thing. It's an old Chinese saying. If you ask for something, you might not get it. But if you don't ask for it, you sure as hell won't get it. You definitely won't get it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's neat. That is neat. Well, so, those, those are huge parts, you know, of the museum. So that's mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah, I didn't even know that was how the kind of medical part started. I had never heard any of that. Yeah. So that's neat. But it's just started with people saying, hey, you ought to talk to this one. Mm -hmm. You ought to talk to that one. And, and the, the first um, storyline we had... We had different people writing different parts of it, and then uh, Seaboard looked at them, mm -hmm. and then um, Mike Hartshorn took it all and started writing it, smoothing it out. Making a narrative yeah. out of it. That's neat, yeah. And that's how we got to where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hal. Uh, we really appreciate that you are willing to sit down and talk with David. Um, I've learned so much, and I've had a great time doing it. Um, I want to thank our Atomic History patron members again as well. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and um, we couldn't do this without you. Yeah, and thank you to uh, you, Anna, for you know helping get all this stuff together and and well, putting all the absolutely. work into this podcast. I'm enjoying and doing it with you. Thank you, David. I I am so glad that you had the idea to go out and interview Hal. It was yeah, a fantastic idea. And um, in case anyone wanted to know, all of the editing is done by David. He does a fantastic job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I would be completely lost. <laughs> well, well, this this podcast, uh, for those of you that maybe are listening to this as your first episode, um, we have a wonderful synergy uh, in how this content is created and that Anna is amazing at the researching and the finding out the wonderful stories and things. And she does all of the kind of uh, front-end research. We meet in the middle. We talk about all the wonderful things she found. Uh, and then I do the editing, and then we get it out there to you guys. So uh, we hope you guys are enjoying, you know, listening to uh, Anna and I talk about all of these things that we love. Yeah, uh, we're having a blast doing this. So thank you guys so much for letting us uh, <laughs> have fun at work. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, and because you let us do that, we get to give you what we hope uh, are some really fun podcasts for you guys, too. Exactly. Well, thank you, Anna. And uh, as we like to end every podcast, uh, thank you again to the Atomic History patron members. And don't forget to wash, to your, wash hands. your hands. Radioactive Waves has been presented by the National Museum of Nuclear Science and History. Join us next time for more interviews, histories, and insights on topics like the Manhattan Project, science and pop culture, the atomic age, and the differences between nuclear fact and fiction.